Podcast One. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. Today, from media metrics to closing the loop on business results, we've got a really interesting uh, lineup of people here, starting with Bo Curtis, who's Head of Media and Partnerships at Samsung. We have Gayla Roy, CEO from the IAB. Phil Callishaw, who's head of AdCloud Asia-Pacific for Adobe, and of course, uh, our regular John Bradshaw from Brand Traction. Bo Curtis, we're going to talk to you first about where the journey for Samsung has been in the last couple of years around online metrics. Give us a little bit of a sense of what's been happening. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Um, look, I think ultimately we're, we're in a position where we're, we've spent the last couple of years just trying to clean up, if you like, some of our digital metrics to make sure that We've got consistency across the business around what it is that we're looking at and what's the important stuff. But I will say this, you know, in the last two and a half years, I've never once been asked by anyone in the business um, to give them a rundown of specific media metrics as such. It's more about how those media metrics impact on the overall business outcomes that we're trying to achieve. Where has been Samsung's focus for the last couple of years? Data or, or the inputs? What is it? Yeah, look, I think ultimately it's the inputs. Uh, we've, we've spent a lot of time and energy um, making sure that, you know, we're measuring the right stuff. We've got the right viewability standards. We've got, you know, the right ad fraud uh, protections and things like that. So it's it, we've been taking care of hygiene for the last couple of years, I'd say. Um, and I see cross-media as another part of that hygiene factor, you know, uh, making sure that we've got the right stuff going into the mix before we start really trying to understand um what it is that we're pulling out. So there's lots of talk about investment in online and I guess where has it landed for you so far in terms of the, the deliverables on, on your online media investments? There's, you, you've got some questions around that. I'm really interested to, to make sure that we pull apart all of our digital campaigns or all of our campaigns in totality to make sure that efficacy is at the core of what we're doing. Um, you know, I've seen a couple of cases, uh, not necessarily Samsung specific, but a couple of cases over the years where um, the ad tech investment's just been forgotten when you go to look at the the ROI on the campaign. So while it may appear on the face of it like there's a significant uh, efficiency increase or impact increase, ultimately when you factor in the ad tech costs, which is, you know, is it most places a CapEx cost, um, you end up at a zero sum. So you know, you're actually no better off for all the time, effort and, and uh, investment that you've made. Phil Kellershaw, how does that sit with you and the conversations you're having across your, your suite at, at Adobe? Bo's concerns, are they something you see coming up regularly in your conversations? We have this conversation all the time with our clients. And to Bo's point, what is really exciting is we're starting to see that brands uh, and people who are investing money are moving away from just measuring everything possible are in the digital media to starting to think about what is the digital outcome and what is the business outcome that we're able to kind of drive from this uh, investment in digital. And when we start to think about that, uh, it's really exciting to be able to help uh, clients to be able to not only look at ad server metrics or, you know, use a visit at a particular page on the website to how can we start to integrate their online and their offline sales to help them to drive up and then understand what is actually making change and what is actually driving business outcomes. You know, being able to 
uh, upload offline files and things like that into uh, your analytics package and then link that to digital outcomes and then helping um, brands to be able to understand uh, metrics like viewability, are your ads actually being served to humans uh, and removing those different portions of, of your advertising campaigns is absolutely important to helping brands to really fulfill uh, the potential outcome of using advertising technology uh, to drive their ad, um, their advertising investments. Gaylaroy, what, what is Bo saying versus what you're seeing across the sector? More broadly, what are you seeing? So more broadly, it differs. I'm encouraged by Bo's comment, even though it sort of doesn't have media measurement at the heart of um, everything. It means it's more of an economic discussion. And as a media industry, we need to get better at proving our worth to the marketer. So you do need media metrics feeding up, but it certainly shouldn't be the the goal. Um, It really depends on the type of um, client. Samsung will be fairly lucky to have um, quite a lot of first-party data. Not all clients have that. So for an FMCG, having reach and frequency metrics across TV, video, all of their paid media investments is incredibly important because they may not have that insight to the customer at the at the retail end of things. From our point of view, I think the industry's done a really good job and it's great to hear Bo talk about, you know, viewability and a lot of the sort of hygiene factors that we have improved media quality over the last few years. What I see and we're hearing constantly about cross-media measurement being the number one thing, which when you drill into it actually means a myriad of different things to different people. Um, but the quality and differentiation of media inventory will continue to grow and it's going to be a good thing for the industry. So getting to a, is an ad seen by a human? Well, that's very nice, but the colour around what's driving um, effectiveness um, is our next step. Bo's point to uh, the capital expenditure on tech stacks, the efficiency it delivers, and when you compare that to what was being done before without a tech stack, where do you see that? What, what is your view on the the tech stack return? Because it's a big, big driver of the of the online industry, right? A couple of trends that I see. So I see that marketers are bringing people in-house who understand the tech side of things. So the scrutiny on the investment is getting smarter. You might remember, Paul, we did a report last year with the AANA and the MFA with the digital ad practices, very much giving guidance on, for marketers to go, do I the, need this piece of tech here? So getting clear about what they need when. So I think that will get sharper and more focused and people will understand what they need. And a lot of it's, you know, marketers are getting their own data in place, getting that sorted. So some of that early investment will um, sort of taper off as well. Bo, so what does it mean for you when you talk about looking at the return on your programmatic and your digital advertising and, and sitting there and going, well, the CapEx, when you offset that versus our spend and efficiency gains, it's a, it's you know, it's line ball perhaps. What does it mean for you next? We're very focused on um, ownership of tech and ownership of data. Um, I think that's that's kind of a, a must have for any uh, for any advertiser trying to understand this stuff and trying to really get to the bottom of what is the ROI. And also, um, you know, budgets are under pressure. We um, as marketers generally. Um, aren't aren't being handed extra bags of cash. So we need to be able to find out how to do more with what we've got. Um, Part of that is exploring and understanding each link in that value chain that is programmatic media and making sure that we remove any inefficiency from uh, from the ecosystem. 
So, you know, the, the best way to do that, in my view, is to own as much of that as possible. Uh, we'll get to the data bit, but is is there some, uh, are you considering some changes in your media mix or where you're putting the money or where you're getting the returns? What is your thinking there at the moment? I think to say that we're considering blanket changes is probably a bit of an overstatement. What we're looking to try and do is assess and reassess every line on every media plan to make sure that it delivers best possible value. Part of that will be looking at, you know, where we own the relationship with the, um, you know, the ad platform or the inventory provider, what does that look like versus when we, um, when we run uh, an agency-based trading desk? All those kinds of questions are on the table at the moment. So the, the broader notion of personalization and targeting, um, let's hear yeah. your view on that because you do have some views there. I, I do, I do. Um, look, I think this is more of a worry than anything that's um, anything we've seen directly. Um, and it's, it's something that just sits in the back of my head in terms of we've driven down the targeting path for quite some time. We've, you know, we, we invest a significant um, portion of our budget into targeted media. Um, and when I say targeted media, I mean more targeted than normal. Um, uh, I think we've got roughly the right balance of targeted versus mass. Um, but I think it's something we should constantly review and constantly keep an eye on to make sure that we're not too far down the rabbit hole of targeting, that we're not available for, um, you know, for light, for light consumers. Really interested in this, in this view, Phil, from you, because Adobe's just, you've just finished your, your enormous summit, 4,000 people last week, Thursday and Friday. The, the whole notion of, uh, of Adobe pushing very strongly into personalization, customer experience, targeting, that's, that's the future. When you hear uh, Bo saying, we need to look harder at, at, at the, the effects of, of, of those sort of strategies, um, what does that say to you? For me, it all sound. It continues to sound that brands and advertisers want to get better control, right? And when you think about control across the entire ecosystem, there's also uh, an element that we need to consider of privacy and consumers wanting control and ownership of their own data, and how far can brands go in terms of that one-to-one personalization? So, as a business, uh, we're really focused on aligning consumer control and privacy. And then also making sure that we can deliver on advertiser objectives as well. And so we continue to see the industry shifting uh, with Chrome and with Safari and understanding uh, their evolution and their changes of that and the challenges that that is going to have for advertisers um, to be able to leverage first party data or do simple things that we, you know, we consider simple in advertising, like retargeting uh, moving forward and then even to be able to track uh, conversions. So as a business, we're really focused on how do we weigh up the, you know, the importance of consumer privacy, respecting that and them wanting to have control, and then also being able to help drive uh, business outcomes for brands. So the effectiveness and efficacy of targeting and personalization is not threatened or challenged at the moment then, uh, Phil, do you think, with, with what Bo's talking about? I mean, I think there's always going to be a, a role for both. Right, So there's going to be a role for how do you leverage your first-party data, how do you do that on top of unified profiles, and then also how do you create bigger branding experiences. Gay mentioned it before, you know, it's great for Bo, he owns the customer, they have a good footprint um, so that they have that one-to-one messaging and that one-to-one ownership, but if you're FMCG, you don't own that end customer. And so making sure that you can uh, start to understand uh, how you can, and you're starting to see shifts 
of major FMCGs going into the into the space of direct to consumer brands and starting to want to have that desire and that control. And also how do they better leverage that so that they can use that across their their broader portfolio? So there's still absolutely a place for how do you do mass reach measurement, uh, sorry, mass mass reach targeted uh, media. Um, but really how do you how do you weigh up the two options and how do you make sure that you're not going all in with one and ignoring the other? Um, you're doing the right mix. And we, you know, we believe software can help you to be able to do that. Okay, you'd be seeing all these discussions across the spectrum of your membership. Where do you see it landing? I think we need to, particularly as a digital industry, get better at helping marketers um, for their brand investment, understand some shorter-term indicators that it's working. So I don't think we're helping the industry as much as we should um, in terms of letting them sell in that brand investment story to their CFO or CEO. Um, traditional media, there's the experience, there's the longevity in understanding the impact of brand investment. Uh, but digital is very much often seen as a performance media, which it does brilliantly, but it also does brand. And we just, we need to help um, marketers on that journey to, to sell that in. Bo, brand and performance in online, uh, where does that sit for you? Look, undoubtedly, there's um, there's brand opportunities and and you know media selections you can use to drive brand with digital media. Um, you know, there's some mass reach placements that absolutely do a good job of that. Um, I think more so now that we've started to see the rise of, uh, or certainly the um, yeah the rise of, of video advertising within the digital space. Um, but what I would say on that is, I think we've got to be very clear that the need is to consolidate. You know, when we talk about it, we've got to solve this for digital media. We have to solve this for media. It's not about, yep. you know, it's not about digital versus traditional. It's about how do we, how do we demonstrate performance across genuine across channel um, where we don't have the direct linkage and the direct connection of whether it's first party data or cookie based um, analytics or whatever it is. How do we, how the hell do we do that? That's the thing that I think, you know, that's the bit that keeps me awake at night. So they're the sort of discussions when we're talking cross-media measurement um, that we have in market, which is quite different from a media owner to an advertiser. So historically, cross-media measurement's been about combining currency data, you know, understanding the total reach of a, a particular media owner. Um, but for people like Bo, the conversations I'm having every day is that cross-media from a client point of view, how to pull that together, how to, how to give them that insight, which for traditional media has been a little bit easier because 100% of the audience see, you know, see the same ad, whereas digital, it's very different. So getting to a cross-media place for marketers, um, absolutely, it needs to be combined, but it does look a little different for digital from a technical um, point of view of how to get there. So, Gay, the, the, the top priorities for the IAB in the next six to 12 months across uh, measurement, tracking, audience, data, you name it, uh, where is the focus? Where are the flashpoints for you? So, on top of um, the measurement issues that we've talked about for media owners and advertisers, one, uh, I guess, interesting but painful area that's bringing us all closer together, um, and Paul, you've talked about in a lot of your podcast, is the change of privacy, consumer expectations, uh, rules around data regulation around the world, um, changes to browsers, as um, Phil mentioned before. 
Um, it actually gives the media owners, ad tech platforms, agencies and advertisers um, something that they they need to work on together and the problems look quite similar, um, as do the solutions. So top of mind for the IAB in terms of what's the world going to look like in 12 months with changes to all of this environment. Do you do you see any uh, light on the horizon, Bo, about what is emerging that might start to solve some of these challenges you've got? Look, I think um, to some degree it's still playing itself out. When you know, when you say is there light on the horizon, I think the light's there. We've got the data. We've got the understanding. It's stitching that stuff together. It's the ability to say, you know what, 80% of industries accept the fact that there are evidence-based methods for determining performance of, you know, various parts of a business. When we get into digital media and, and, and marketing, slightly marketing more generally, we tend to want to solve everything to 100%. And that's kind of the, the point that I was, I was getting at before around, you know, I don't, I don't think we need to solve the cross-media measurement piece before we try and stitch some of this stuff together and help marketers better understand the impact of their media on, on the business outcomes. I think we need to do it first or, or at the very best in parallel. You know, sort, sort the, the cross-media stuff out at the same time as we're understanding what the, um, you know, what the outputs are. Outcomes some, some, are. some really good points. John Bradshaw, you have some thoughts there? I think Bo is exactly right. We could spend, you know, hours and hours, weeks, months of a client's time trying to solve specific cross-media measurement issues when they haven't yet really understood what the best way of measuring brand outcomes is that salience, is that spontaneous awareness, is that some Milward Brown brand power score... Um, all of that still up for or us. none of that perhaps or none of that yes. perhaps and that's still before we've got to the consumer and shopper behaviors that are still one step before a business outcome have i grown penetration am i selling things more often am i selling things at more higher prices we're still not yet in the boardroom people uh, we're not in the boardroom until we multiply those things together and say and that's how much revenue and that's how much yeah. profit we've made and I, and i think that's that's the opportunity that media has you know when we talk about you know roles like mine now that sit within these organisations and these marketing structures, I think CMOs certainly are starting to understand that there's value in that stuff. There's value in the opportunity to say, okay, I can use this measurement, I can use this data to help understand what the impact of my communications is. Can I just ask, Bo? You made a great point earlier uh, off the mics about data and data inputs and the quality of. How, what's going in to what you're seeing come out? Yeah, we've um, we've uh, despite I think um, some of the assumptions about the amount of data that we have, we don't actually have as much as we'd like. I don't think anyone's got as much as they'd like, but um, we've spent quite a bit of time and effort on trying to um, clean that data as much as possible to get it into a shape where we can start to put it into a DMP, where we can start to well, it's already in there, but where we can start to functionally use that data to drive our decision making because I think that's the power of it. First party data is massively powerful when it's accurate, when it's clean, when it's recent and relevant. Um, but it's only useful if you use it to create insight with which to plan from and then execute against and then test and then see if it worked and then do it again. You know, those are the things that, that we've spent a lot of time and effort trying to get right. 
Um, and Phil, that is uh, an area where you'd see a lot of uh, um, angst, I guess, on client side is trying to get those those, those different data streams and pipes to to, to join up properly. Uh, what Bo's talking about is fairly standard of what you're seeing more yeah, broadly? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's also a big focus on, Bo, you said it really perfectly, which is getting your data into one centralized spot and then being actually able to analyze it and do something with it. And when you think about doing something with it, I think it's really important is that's not just serving an ad on a website or serving a video. It is what are you going to do on your own website and can you make sure that you're going to give them that consistent experience? And that's a really, really important thing that I think a lot of clients, uh, you know, don't think about. They either use it for on-site personalization or they use their DMP for in-media activation. What's really important is you can use it across that entire channel and then close the loop and make sure that that user journey and that user experience is really, really consistent. And when you start to do that, whether it's with first-party data or with really high-quality second-party data, uh, which we're starting to see more and more of in Australia, it really enables us to really drive, you know, really big differentiation in in what we can deliver in, in digital media. Bo, that earlier point uh, that Phil made about trying to connect the journey entirely up, is that aligned with what you're trying to do or is it a little different? Um, look, I think we're, you know, we'd, we'd love to, to think that we can connect the entire journey from end to end. The reality is, um, you know, given that a large portion of our business is mobile phones and a large portion of that large portion is done via um, telco partners. So we don't we don't have end to end visibility over our over our full customer journey, but what we're aiming for is to understand as much of that as we can and use that as kind of a a marker or a measurement. What will we see you focusing more on as a result of those limitations? Um, we're, we're very focused already, but we'll continue to be focused on building stronger connections with our channel partners to make sure that you know we have as best visibility over that customer journey as possible. Um, ideally. You know, I'd, I'd love to think that we can start to look at what does a data sharing arrangement look like and we're, we're starting to sort of creep into that area as well. But it's a it's a challenging path because as much as we don't know, they don't know. So we're all kind of trying to work it out together. Phil, to wrap up, uh, Adobe AdCloud and what Adobe's focusing on the next six to 12 months, what, what do marketers need to be focused most on? Yeah, so I mean, to build on Gade's point, I also think that there's got to be a consistency of that measurement across every single publisher in the ecosystem to be able to help people like Bo to be actually be able to integrate and understand his his measurement and his data. So from a from an Adobe perspective, it, it continues to really drive on independence from media and being uh, really, you know, working with partners uh, to enable them to understand and provide that consistent framework across uh, as many channels as possible. Uh, and then also being able to, to really be able to obviously uh, – execute against their first party data and then also be able to measure uh, lift and drive brand lift through integrating the analytics teams and their marketing teams to be able to get to a more consistent reported number as well so that you can start to understand that that one customer is actually that one customer not reported as three in three different systems and then now what do you do with that user or with that profile if you don't own the user what do you do with that profile and what's the next best experience to be able to deliver? So, Bo, what would you want to understand most and what would you want to see most from the industry in the next 12 months? I think all too often we see these reports come out that are basically like, oh, publishers want this and you know, agencies want this. And it's like, well, yeah, but we're paying the bills. 
So ultimately, we need to solve the problems that are going to help our CMOs get better visibility, better cut through, better um, impact at CEO and CFO level, um, and in some cases, board level, so that we can demonstrate the value of marketing. Because that, that's that's the opportunity I think we've got as media people, is we can help unlock an understanding of the value of marketing. And there's very few, you know, the creative guys, as great as they are, don't have the access or the understanding of the detail that we have to be able to unlock that. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not discrediting or putting down creatives because they are awesome people and they do fantastic work. And it's fundamentally important to what we do. Um, it's one of the many inputs and it, it can be the make or break of a campaign. But ultimately, you won't know whether it's make or break unless you've got the data to back it up. And that's where the media stuff comes in. And ultimately, that lifts the entire, uh, what you're saying, lifts the entire marketing industry, all boats rise um, if we get that right, right? That's the that's the, the important point there is that there's a lot of sometimes uh, self-interest from different parts that are about the self-interest of the sub-segment of an industry rather than the industry pushing forward. I think that's probably ultimately yeah. the, the, the outcome of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, John Bradshaw, to wrap up, um, your final thoughts. My real recommendation to kind of CMOs is you've really got to engage with this stuff more than you historically have. And I would start with measurement strategy long before I got down to kind of media strategy. What are you going to measure that is about, did I execute what I said I was going to execute? Did the thing that I do have any of the type of impact that I want wanted to have? What effect has that had overall on things like mental availability? brand salience and preference? And what impact is that having on consumer and shopper behavior so that I can walk back into the boardroom and say, this is the short and long-term effect I've had on the business result. All good words. And thank you all for uh, a fascinating conversation. I think we only scratched the surface. Uh, that's it for this week. You can go to mi-3.com.au to see all the different stories and themes we've got for this week. We'll talk in seven days. See you then. MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search MI3 Audio Edition on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button to get a free notification every time we release a new episode. Listener.